fresh coffee and a new guest. Welcome to the SAP Experts Podcast. Today I am talking with my manager, Johannes Langut. He's Vice President in the Cloud Transformation and Architecture Office in the MEE region at SAP. Is the business always required to do transformation in a company? Should enterprise IT be reactive or is it easier to be proactive? What if IT becomes an internal platform provider and turns from a cost center to a profit center? What are possible starting points for a transformation? Is an MVP a minimum viable product which solves one specific challenge a good start to gain trust at business? Or is a top-down approach by modernizing the whole IT landscape a first step to think transformation more from a strategic perspective? My name is Timo Deiner and you will hear answers and perspectives to these questions in this episode. Enjoy my talk with Johannes. So Johannes, I'm great to have you here in the podcast and uh, yeah, you are now more or less already an SAP veteran. So you have more than one year SAP experience now, at least in our company, but um, you bring much, much more experience from your um, career before where you actually implemented SAP and have you have lots of practical um, experience. But before I repeat everything by myself, could you introduce your yourself with your personal highlights and what, what's important for you, please? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Timo, for having me. My name is Johannes. Uh, even though you said uh, I'm an SAP veteran, I wouldn't say so. So I'm with the company now for, for about 14 months. Before that, I was working on customer side and I had the pleasure to um, start designing an S4 project, rolling it out globally, but at the same time also bringing in lots of different services, different LOBs, and also non-SAP services all around the globe and, and generate tons of learnings that I'm really happy to share in my new role here at SAP with, with all the customers. Before joining, uh, before working on the customer side, I was uh, basically working as a classical consultant, work, focusing on ERP projects, but also some non-ERP stuff. And way before working as a consultant, I was starting my career in the industry, um, assisting a CEO in the transformation for his business. Thanks for the intro, Johannes. And um, you mentioned that you that you implemented S4 and you had one big advantage then from my um, perspective um, in comparison to our existing customers that you didn't have that historical legacy and that historical complexity in that company, I, I guess, or I assume, is that correct? Well, because you started certain, from scratch? To a certain extent, yes and no, I must say. You know, as a former consultant, I always give this uh, answers that somehow uh, kind of uh, incorporate both aspects. So yes, of course, there was a, uh, it was a greenfield implementation, even though we started on an ECC stack um, and, and we went through a conversion at a rather early stage of the project uh, towards an S4 system. Um, however, you know, if you roll out systems, you, you're always replacing stuff that, that is existing. And, and whatever you replace kind of is, is legacy, is, is, is the history of the company that you're working with. So um, 
of course, from an SAP standpoint, it might be just a greenfield implementation um, uh, and a replacement of non-SAP solutions. But if you put yourself in the shoes of business users, they have mm -hmm. designed their processes for their legacy systems. They have worked in these legacy systems. They know this stuff in their systems. So indeed, it was also somehow of a, of a transformation we went through. Maybe not from a classical SAP standpoint, but for the user, it was a transformation and a big change. So, and, um, but that leads us from my point of view to, to our topic today, especially now from, again, from an SAP standpoint, um, our topic today is more or less something around one of the most fanciest uh, things and most important things we currently have on the market, let's call it rice. Uh, so it's not sustainability. So this is the other hype topic, but, um, just to guide customers from their existing landscape, be it SAP or maybe be a, not SAP. So we, we see in the, in the unicorn or in the startup area as well, challenges that we have to solve or that we can solve using SAP software. And, um, I was asking of that historical legacy and the complexity what's, what what comes with because some of SA, of our SAP customers have a a strong SAP background as well so they started with ECC they um, modified their systems they um, configured them and they are far far away from what we call today standard or so. So it's not easy to to move that into a, a modern cloud architecture into a modern uh, cloud landscape. And on the other hand, we see that there is a need to change because um, yeah, market cycles and the hype trains, um, they get shorter. We have some external factors which are coming in. So sometimes outages or shortages of, of goods and materials and um, sometimes new um, regulatory requirements came in like um, yeah, sustainability topics and so on. And I think there is a need now for our customers that they need to change or that they need to, to look at least on how they could transform or how they could tackle these challenges and these um, different um, boundaries they currently have. And um, we defined in our team a more or less, let's, how, how do we call it? A transformation matrix. And categories, could be. Excuse me? Categories, it could be Categories, yeah, categories that's or, categories or, is the better thing. And we, we have defined three categories. So we have defined, um, and I, I think we could talk about them. Um, so we defined the most simple one from my point of view. So this is um, solve in a very short term, some real challenges, maybe a customer or the customers of the customers have. We have the second one um, that we transform selected business processes and maybe bring them to the most modern architecture. And we have the third one, which is from my point of view, the most complex one. Um, but this is where at least then you come in and you have your very good experience and, uh, and knowledge. Um, this is the modernized thing when you start at the, can we say that, that you start at the bottom, that you start at the IT landscape and trans transform that. And we believe that everything belongs together. So you cannot do modernizing without transforming and without solving right yep yep just 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 saying uh, i mean you you gave a, uh, an important comment about legacy and, and and history what a lot of customers 
uh, SAP customers have. They used R3. Maybe some of them even have code from an R2 environment in their existing landscape. Um, but I think it's important for us at, at SAP to not judge these customers. When I look at some of the presentations we sometimes give or statements that we um, say about these these yeah legacy this history i think in that specific situation when the customer took the decision um to 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 use the netweaver uh, as kind of a development platform it was the right thing to do uh, yeah. for, i i don't think you know that that, that somebody's stupid just to to because he started modifying the system or something i think that's it, it was a uh, um uh, a cautious and and well thought through step why most of customers of our customers went this way uh, yeah and this, just to add uh, some sorry that i interrupt you just to add uh, one thing um it was good back then so it was yeah. good in that time and because everything uh, was built with the technology and the mindset you had or the knowledge you had these days and of course when you start a green field approach you would do things in a different way of course but um doing it back then also the just in addition to that uh, the bashing against the famous sap gui is also not valid because back in these days it was the it was a a good user interface but the times have changed and i think this is the point um what we should consider the times have changed now yeah i, I don't want to say that the gui uh, uh, uh should be kept but i also want to uh, uh <laughs> Bring to, no, I mean, let, let's look at business users. I think uh, web UIs, Fioris are something that is nice and that a lot of users like to work with. But I do think that for some scenarios, the GUI is the better option. If you have ever seen an accountant working, they work a lot of like with shortcuts on their keyboard. And that's kind of sometimes difficult to to give the same flow to the, the same mm -hmm. possibilities in a in a web environment. So I don't want to say that the GUI per se is something good or bad. I think it really depends on the scenario. And I think that that really pretty much is a good representation how you should, at least in my opinion or in our opinion as a team, you should do transformation. You can't generalize that. Hey, we have our best practices. Hey, we have our reference architecture. Hey, that's the latest and greatest shit, whatever. No, I think it, it really depends. I don't think that there is that best practice. It's always a good practice that the customer yeah. uh, can adopt. So I do think coming back to the question, GUI, the GUI itself it, it can be something that is still a good, um, a good tool uh, to be used to get the job done. I'm it's speaking. an expert tool from my point yeah. of view. It's an expert tool, but the expectations from nowadays from new users might be a little bit different and they don't get used to it so quick and when they are new to SAP. But I fully agree. It's an expert tool. And for people who are doing nothing else than just entering data into a GUI, that's the most efficient tool we've ever had because yeah, you can completely work just on your keyboard, no mouse, no finger touch stuff. And yeah. Yep. Agree that. Yep. Yeah. But still that leads us to, to the transformation problem, right? How to give users a new web UI, maybe new processes, while also making sure that users that are working very efficiently in well-designed processes from that particular company perspective, how to really uh, get them into a transformation path. And is transformation the right 
thing for them to do. I also want to question, you know, do you need to transform? I do believe, yes, a lot of industries, a lot of customers of ours will have to change and will have to work on their um, underlying IT to, to get things to, to kind of prevent the risk to get disrupted. Right. I think the, you mentioned that market cycles get shorter. I don't want to repeat what you what you said, but that's bottom line the problem. And and we as an IT somehow have to provide a solution for that. And you mentioned the three path, um, how to how to bring in a transformation. And I don't think that at all cases you need to do the the big thing. Right. You know. I mean, you mentioned the solve, transform, modernize um, approach that we have. Um, you could start bottom up by looking at a problem and just solve that particular problem. But in the end, it can be a starting point to talk about the process and the process itself needs a, an underlying IT platform that is um, uh, yeah, being used to, to get this process up and mm -hmm. running. However, uh, and I think that's a misunderstanding, I don't want to say it's a misunderstanding, but I sometimes question our consultants, not SAP internal, but also our partners and, and our talks, I want to bring up the question, do we always need business to do transformation? That's a good question, right? Do we need it? What do you think? It's a, it, that's a really good question. So from my point of view, um, yeah, it <laughs> again, now the consultancy answer or the pre-sales answer, it depends. But um, personally, I think, yeah, you, you need business, at least when you discuss on the first on the maybe most simple thing on let's call it transformation when you solve a real challenge when you solve a real business challenge and my my experience is that it doesn't make sense to do a proof of concept or just a technical thing on on a new technology which is coming up currently and i had lots of these discussions hey we want to look at machine learning or stuff like that and just to be prepared if someone from the business is coming and so you are evaluating how the things are working that's good from my point of view but it's it has no concrete goal or concrete target but um let's see it from another perspective so if business is coming and say hey we have a a real problem because we need too much time um, from from lead to to an order or whatever, uh, we have a concrete business problem, and you listen to that problem, and then you map that to um, technical capabilities, and the answer might be a technical capability from the hype train or a mobile app or a chatbot or whatever. Then you are in because then everyone is solving or working on the same challenge, and then you are. I'm sitting in one boat and then you are solving a real problem using maybe modern or not so modern technology, then you get the users buy-in and then I think this could be a good fundament for talking on bigger transformation. So when you when you got the trust from your customer or from the business, hey, we are able to solve that little challenge here. So maybe we are also the right ones um, to help you to transform selected business processes as next. And then you have a foundation for modernizing the IT landscape. So this could be one approach. But I think as far as I know you now, Johannes, you, you see it also from a different perspective when you are, I don't want to say if you look top down because that looks, sounds a little bit harsh, but yeah, when you're looking from the other way around, yeah, to, to set first the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 
like you mentioned, yes, the the in these cases you describe business involvement is very much critical to to get things going. Otherwise, you develop something or you do something that's completely detached from business needs. So I I I do agree with the scenarios you describe. You you need business involvement, and for sure. But on the other hand, um, in this regards, you're as an IT, you're always somewhat of a reactive in, an, in a reactive mode, right? You mm -hmm. have to think, find solutions for requirements. So in that regard, oftentimes in transformation that I was involved with, it's that in, in the scenarios you describe, you're seldomly anticipating what's going to come. It's more that you need to put all your energy, your, your reasoning and how to make it happen. And, um, I don't want to be, you know, uh, um, thought provoking, but I'm going to be it. Aren't we describing or creating a historical legacy with that as well? And that's why I encourage customers to think also from a platform perspective, you mentioned uh, um, the terminology top down. I, I do think that um, the platform transformational approach could be could be a less uh, um yeah well there is no uh, evaluation or whether that's a good, good or bad it's, it's just a description mm. and i'm a big fan of that it's yes uh, uh maybe we don't look at all the hype trains like mobile and stuff like that but um it's more that that it in that regard is an actor a creator of business as well as an enabler so in, 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 a, in, a, in a modernized perspective, thinking about, yeah, what, what capabilities, um, what um, platforms in that regard do I need to provide in order to um, get my business up and running really fast? Because usually when the requirements come in, you have very little time to deliver something. So that the, the time frame from first ideation to to uh, to the initial delivery to the initial shipment is most of the time very short right because then in the end there is already the expectation that you need to deliver something whereas if you go through a platform driven transformation approach it's kind of you're anticipating certain scenarios already up front of course that depend that kind of brings the requirement that the IT knows the business very well, but it, I think that's kind of something that the IT has to do any which ways. Mm -hmm. But to give some a concrete example, there might, you know, uh, other hype trains that I see in the market is pay as you go or subscription-based services. Um, but oftentimes it's not 100% sure which of the ways um, the business wants to go because the business itself needs to pilot and, and, and see how the market reacts to certain um, um, to certain initiatives, to certain business initiatives. So the question that I would be rather raising is, hey, shouldn't we as an IT, shouldn't it be our task to provide a platform to at least cover 80% or anticipate 80% of the, of the options and that we only need to then talk about the remaining of 20% of how the concept looks in detail and, and how the, maybe the data flow needs to look like instead of really starting really from scratch and thinking about how to maybe look at that process or how to maybe look at that particular problem. It's a, it's a, it's a, I know it's, it's, it's not the standard way how we position ourselves, but I think it's worthwhile to at least think about whether that is a, a, 
a possibility for, for customers to go really platform-driven instead of going bottom-up or problem-slash-product-driven. Yeah. Right? I, I agree. When I listen to you, I agree. So the first question what came in or what comes in my mind is how can how can you bring enterprise IT into that position that they are allowed from a resource resource perspective to build up that platform because as we at least as we hear in in the typical presentations um IT's business uh, is is busy with uh, keeping the lights on and they don't have time and resources for doing something innovative on you and now we come with that revolutionary idea hey just build a platform for your platforms or whatever um how can we enable them or what are some tricks to enable IT that they can be or that they can become the platform provider inside a company? So, I mean, it's a very, very difficult question to, to answer. Uh, That's why you um, are how, here. How, <laughs> how, how, how would I tackle that? It's, it's um, on the first-hand side is to, to think about how do we operate SIT, I don't want to get immediately into products or offerings or, you know, but I think it's important to think about how do you want to operate yourself? Do you want to like, for example, if you're uh, some of the ITs are uh, own legal entities, do you want to participate in the success of your product or are you um, reselling or, or just basically cross-charging certain things of your effort? And I think from a, from a strategy perspective, these are two way, two two different things, right? One is um, uh, the the um, do you want to the, the participation stream? I would say is really there. You have to be hundred percent proactive because you're nothing else than a vendor to your business. Um, whereas on the other hand, in the cross charging um, environment, it's okay. I, I just react. On, on business needs and the business is somehow forced to use my resources in order to get things done. So of course there will be mix and match scenarios in between, but I, I think this, these are the two um, extreme cases. And if you think about a platform driven innovation and transformation roadmap, I, I would really start, how do you position yourself as an IT provider, as, as the IT, um, is it the IT? Uh, do you maybe think about cross-functional teams that um, uh, have um, business involvement, business people sitting in their respective product teams. So I do think um, that that is a strategic reasoning. You have to first find your way through because I don't want to judge. Maybe uh, um, the, the reactive approach is the right one for that particular customer. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to judge that because uh, I think our customers have very smart CIOs that take the right decisions in their respective situation. So start from the, from a from a strategic perspective how do you want to to position the IT mm -hmm. and then uh, uh take it up from there Love that love that perspective um different different question when when you start that approach of platforming is it also possible there just just to ask if 
can you do minor steps here or smaller steps or is it always the big bang approach because we see that landscapes are highly integrated and they are um yeah very coupled to each other and dependent on each other and when you when you establish a new platform this might be challenging because then you have on the other hand um, integration topics and integration issues and so on so is there also a way or an approach to to minimize the risk there or is it automatically a full in i mean look if i would say now hey uh, let's gonna do some platforming see you uh, in in five years and then you're gonna see the outcome you will probably uh, look at me and, and 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 tell me what's wrong with this guy so i think it's <laughs> it's it's mandatory it's it's to 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 have steps in between um i i, I can't obviously it's really dependent on the scenario how such a um how, how, how such a intermediary step could look like but i i think it's it's absolutely an absolute must to provide wins to or show successes to not only to businesses but also to to management in the end uh the whole thing we're talking about is usually uh, an expensive exercise and uh, um, executing an expensive exercise based on powerpoint slides well I would not feel 100% confident to to defend that uh, budget also in front of a board, especially in an environment like these days where uncertainty kicks in everywhere, right? So I do think in order to um, go with a platform-driven approach, or even at any case of a transformation, you need to have um, things in between and show, hey, um, where... Um, that, that that is something an immediate um, quick win that the businesses uh, can get that starts from easy things like you know uh, uh, uh bringing in uh, um manager you, manager reportings or um approvals i think it's important uh, to to choose these quick wins very wisely and i would always recommend to not only Look at hey, this is our my final users. I would uh, distribute the 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 quick wins across all concerned stakeholders so that everybody kind of gets a share out of this whole thing. You know, there might be a manager dashboard, there might be a new process, uh, a new a new um um uh, approach for for certain business users. Maybe also IT internally, you need to think okay, there is something that the, my IT immediately gets from it. Because I think also we, you know, we're always talking about change and how does change affect our business? How does it affect the users? Um, in a cloud environment, we talk about completely different target operating models from an IT perspective. So there is the need for change on all sides, and so quick wins or quick fixes or whatever you want to call that. I think it's important to really distribute it evenly across the stakeholder chain and the IT internally is a stakeholder as well. Your employees are stakeholders as well. So yeah, I think it's super critical to have these quick wins in between. Yeah. How, how would you measure these quick wins? So yeah, typical points are like, hey, what's the, the, the costs, for example, for, for IT, but are there any other KPIs or measurement options from your point of view, how you can measure these success um, things? I think 
measuring success via costs is very, very tricky. Because how, how, how do you look at, you know, uh, how do you look at the cost? Do you look at the cost of the product? Do you look at the cost of the process? Mm. Do you look at the cost of the, you know, whatever? That's always a matter of perspective and cost, um, cost cases are usually, uh, can be challenged relatively easy depending on which position you take, right? So I would say a, a, key, a key important measurement is uh, um, adoption. So how do you, like how, I mean, of course you could argue what's the quality of the adoption uh, we could probably lose ourselves into discussion. Okay, what's the right KPI to choose? But I think um, having a smart measure for adoption of the process, as well as the product you're selling or you're bringing in um, to your internal or even external users is super critical. And then, you know, uh, there was that big hype train about experience management. And I do believe um, that is a critical success factors as well. How happy are these uh, your users and also your business people with with the product and the process and the platform you're providing mm. because in the end if you want uh, coming back to the initial thought if you want to position yourself as a platform provider you're exchangeable so in order to be upfront and, and making sure that you don't get overrun and, and overtaken on the left and right hand side you need to understand are your users happy with you because then you know it's the same thing on like in the consumer industry you don't if you're happy with i don't know one of the biggest shopping providers in the world and it's easy and convenient to you start and, and stop comparing prices because you know you, you can get your things done there and i think that is a uh, that's a very classical platform strategy that i'm talking about i, I think everybody knows what i'm talking about which company yeah so, um it, that is a very classical platform strategy. You don't talk about pricing anymore. You talk about, okay, is there something I I need? Okay, I go there and get it. And that's yeah. that. That is the approach that I I try to advertise. I like that approach or the thinking of of adoption because when you as an enterprise IT offer good products and they are easy to consume and easy to implement, that helps you also to. Um, to help your company grow when when you think of new market units or new products and so on and that might be a very good measurement how how easy how easy it is to yeah to consume the services how easy it is to to um, implement the services and then you drive adoption with that and might be a smart smart approach from my point of view and and, and, and look at the perspective I, again, from action versus reaction. If you have the, the the capability as IT to anticipate future demands based on maybe feedbacks you're collecting, based on surveys, uh, uh, based on um, uh, um, uh, the sentiment of of your users, it's way easier to to anticipate that. So you don't have to wait for the problem ticket coming in or for the change request coming in. It's you put yourself in the forefront uh, of, of that whole uh, um, strategic reasoning, what should be done next. So I'm a big fan of, of, of um, next to the adoption, think about what does the customer, your customer, external as well as internal, think about um, your product, your platform, your process, because it helps you. It's painful, but it helps to get better. 
And I think if you want to position IT as a platform provider that is also participating based on the success of the product, um, it's it's a must-have to 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 act this way. So it's a very big change also for the IT, uh, at least in my perspective. And this is a big change. I think to be more precise, it's a big change for the people working in IT. And <laughs> how how can how can this be solved or addressed? So imagine there is someone sitting in IT or maybe a CIO um, experience with 20 plus years in the same company. And now we try to convince him, hey, become a platform provider. Is he or she ready from from a mindset perspective to that change because i think it's it um the, the consequence is that you have to lead in a different way that you have to act in a different way that you have to work in a different way and how can we motivate people to to adapt that new thinking or that new mindset this is the biggest challenge far away from technology yep it's it's, it's the biggest challenge and there is no silver bullet uh Uh, to to do that, I personally think it's a it's super critical to get people hyped up and committed to this journey. I mean, um, you know, again, showing some standard PowerPoint slide of why this is happening and that's the new target operating model. I don't think that will get people hyped up. Let 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 the people create their future themselves. And I think you know um, a lot of IT teams have the ability to design uh, um, uh, ideas, and there is again no blueprint how this should look like. But if you you know let people out and let people participate and design how how they will work in the future based on certain guiding principles that of course have to come from management perspective, the commitment of how um, how this will be executed is a whole different story at least from my experiences. Mm -hmm. So yes, you could get, and I think it's it's uh, mandatory to have also consultants involved somewhat, but um, I think the, the people are the, the thing that matters most in, in, in such a journey in order, if the platform IT perspective is the right one to make them part of this, this whole change perspective. So I fully agree. And We talked now on solving small problems, more or less small problems. So from yeah, from an MVP perspective, and we talked on modernizing the IT landscape then and doing the platform business. And we skipped a little bit the second point on transforming selected business processes. So this could also be, from my point of view, a good first step because you are not transforming the whole landscape and every every system. But when you define a specific process, uh, a specific end-to-end -end process, and you transform that and making that easy to consume as a new service or something like that, this could also become a, a template or a blueprint inside a company. Hey, we did that in this and that way. And maybe when it's it's working well for that specific end-to-end -end process, this could also um, work for for other processes. And then you are again in that game, right? Or what do you yeah. think? Uh, I 100% agree. I think we as SAP, I mean now it's coming back, uh, but there was a time 
in which SAP was a kind of a solution selling or solution provider, a uh, solution from a technical perspective. So I'm talking about an application, an application provider um, to make it more neutral. Um, I, I do think that with the recent initiatives, um, we have taken a good step to rebalance the process perspective into our portfolio, because in the end, um, applications are just a tool uh, to get the nail in the wall, um, right? Which is basically to solve, mm -hmm. to, to, to make and, and, and let run a business process. So I, I, I'm a very big fan that we now go back to the roots, if you wish, and make ourselves a process company again, because processes matter and processes don't stop at a, an application or a solution that we provide. I think um, uh, there is a great potential to, to, to start, as you said, the transformation via a process. Uh, again, that will require tons of business uh, involvement um, uh, because their uh, uh, anticipation, uh, I think, isn't the right way. I think if you really talk, you know, nails down on what's the process like, um, there is nothing, no better person to provide your feedback on that than the people that are actually affected by that particular process. So yes, but it, it takes long. And I, and I do, you know, I, I do think that all, even a process transformation, even a selected lead to cash or whatever process, you will have to provide quick wins in between. Yeah. Changing a whole process will also take time. Yes. Analyzing it, documenting it, finding, um, the potential for transformation. And I don't want to say optimization because I don't like that optimization is being um, uh, seen equivalent to transformation. I think it can be a part, it's a subset of transformation, but uh, find the right um, uh, transformation character for that business process, but at the same time provide solutions in between intermediary steps that show users that there is progress. It might be a UI, might be, I know, a report. Um, it might be a new simplified integration scheme between applications because processes are usually spread across different applications. So uh, again, the same thing as as every every time. Think about what's the right um, step in between to make users to keep users happy and to make people go this path because change is painful for everybody. Right? We had that already. Yes, sir. I have a, a previous podcast um, and the title was If Your Muscles Don't Ache, It Wasn't Transformation. And I, I really like that because sometimes we we think that transformation must be yeah peaceful. <laughs> peaceful, oh, it's the wrong word nowadays, but yeah, transformation must be easy and smooth. And But I think it, it affects everyone. And sometimes, yeah, as you said, it is painful and so on. And um, we have to face it and to to uh, raise or to manage the right expectations then during that process. And I just want to, to talk on a different thing as well before time is running out, Johannes. We have a, a very strong and experienced customer base installed base here at SAP and there we get the, or we already got the, the trust and the mandate that we are allowed to talk with them because they have 
SAP competence centers and they have people, they have SAP in their job title and so on. But we as a team, we also cover startups, we cover the unicorns, the sunicorns and so on. And we cover companies they don't have at their current stage sometimes SAP on the radar. So, um, and we are using cool things just to get that mandate and to get the trust from the from the startups um, because we we listen and uh, we listen to them and we don't come there and say hey we are sap and now we explain you how an end-to-end -end process looks like for example so the first thing is we listen to them hey how is your value chain currently looking and then we are doing post-its in in mural or in a physical room as, as soon as it's uh, possible again and First, the first workshops are always just listen to the customer, listen to their process, listen to their needs, listen to their ideas, and then finally uh, map that to our capabilities, to our business capabilities, and at the end map that to technical capabilities. Um, and the cool thing is that we have both in our team that we can learn from each other. So how relevant do you see that also for our existing customers that we start listening again and maybe also challenge the status quo or just to learn from them why things are as they are today also with with sap what's your point on that so of course both of the domains uh, i would call it the new customers that we're consulting as well as the existing customers that are uh, that we are consulting, kind of have lots of potential to learn from each other, right? From a new customer perspective, it's kind of hey, don't do the same mistakes that maybe bigger customers uh, did in their past that I have now that are not maybe uh, now outdated. Uh, uh, even though again, I don't want to judge because these mistakes when they were uh, when the decision was made to go this way there might be always a good reasoning to do so. Of course. So that yeah. could be the, the, the kind of the feedback loop to the to the new kids on the block, if you wish. And at the same time, I think what a lot of customers can learn generally from startups or, or young companies, I don't want to call them startups, let's call them young com companies, is kind of the how to deal with failure and how to how to try out things without paying too much or bringing in too much concern of what's is that now the right one and and over and analyzing the the problems if you i mean we're we're working in a connected world you now all the i mean i've seen systems now for for some of our customers that have 100,000 uh, interfaces 70,000 interfaces you will not, in order to determine a transformation roadmap, you cannot spend four years analyzing each and every single interface. What's the value out of this exercise? Okay. It, it won't matter. So kind of, I, I think that sometimes a startup approach in making things um, or simplifying things without leaving things away, but simplifying things can be also a good approach for for our um, bigger customers um, in order to also, you know, uh, but that, that kind of implies that you have to the tolerance for failure, because if you simplify, that particular detail might have been missed that results into a problem. But then, hey, let's solve that goddamn problem and not talk about how we got there. Mm. So I do think 
um, there is uh, it can be a, a feedback loop that can go in both ways and that's why um, I am really happy that we're allowed to set up the team this way to really work in both domains in order to learn and listen from both of the customer domains but the problem there all are confronted with is always somehow similar how to how to run the, how to get these thing, things going yeah. how to make sure that you matter or that you matter more right yeah and on a personal level there is that concept of reverse mentoring i, I really like that idea to maybe to establish that as well on a corporate or on a company level that you have the experienced companies and the young companies and yeah they can help each other and and can um can collaborate maybe also in some some areas and uh yeah just to listen to each other i really like that idea um and coming to a to a roadmap so now we talked on on many different perspectives and on many different approaches how to how to transform or how to walk the transformation path is it then possible to to define a a generic roadmap or is it also depending again on the customer or do you see their common patterns on on every roadmap you you worked with uh, at customers so i mean it doesn't sound like rocket size what i'm saying uh, science right now what i'm saying right now it's in the end try to get an or we're trying as a team uh, I, I i now i'm i'm probably going to sell the team a little bit here uh, so we as a team really look at what's what's going on right now what's the current state from a maybe business perspective from an IT perspective, very simplified. It's not, you know, uh, we're not going to analyze 100,000 interfaces. So it's really more on a strategic level. What's what's the situation like? And so then we start with listening, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a, we, I don't think that, you know, we should go in and say, you know, that's the latest and greatest and here uh, that's going to solve all your problems. Um, I don't think that's really convincing, to be honest, to most of the customers. Maybe they are that, that kind of have the experience that it, it that SAP immediately offers um, um, the right uh, right approach. There might be also customers where this didn't go so well. So I think it's absolutely criti critical to really listen first and get an understanding what's the situation like, and then also ideate together. And and that's why I'm really happy about the team. We have you know startups that we cover from a consulting perspective. We have um, uh, very big customers, the 100,000 interface customers um, that we're covering, and that we provide strategic guidance. What could be ideas? And and it's just guidance. You know, it's not. I don't think that um, from a future state perspective we can always again have the silver bullet so we can provide ideas but the, the target picture is something we create together as a team and i mean team consisting of us plus customer usually on a on an executive slash senior executive level and then it's again the question how to how to define the 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 quick wins in between in order to show everybody that this whole thing uh, really is nice and, and get things going. But I don't, you know, it's agnostic. Uh, 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 it's, it's a listen, um, ideate what's the future, and then think about what could be steps in between. Of course, keeping in mind certain boundaries. So you can't, you know, uh, 
I don't know, bring a pharma uh, a company into a whatever environment. There will be GXP requirements and, and, and stuff like that. Coming in, you have to be aware that there are design principles that are untouchable. So it's in, in this exercise of getting an understanding what's the current state, it's it's absolutely important to, to understand what are certain boundaries where the customer, for whatever reason, says, I don't want to cross these boundaries. I don't want to cross this border. Um, um, uh, that's really something we 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 we, in, we incorporate. We have to incorporate really early on, and then let's let's um, uh, let's that's that's the point. Creating a roadmap and and think how to operationalize that. Don't start from the bits and bytes. Uh, really start from a top top line perspective. And then to sum that up, this is what what the people know as rice, right? <laughs> Well, that's kind of the commercial construct around that, right? I mean, uh, we're not doing the commercials in the end, um, but rise sounds a bit, uh, you know, it sounds a bit harsh, but that's kind of just a, that's the commercial construct to commercialize these roadmaps in the end. Good. Yes, uh, yep. and then that's that's also one of the advantages, right? I, I don't want to sell you rise here. But that's kind of it can be designed in a way that it fits the customer. So it's not a standard offering. It's not a product. It's, in my opinion, a commercialized roadmap towards transitioning. And that's something that has to be defined jointly by SAP as well as the customer. That's that, something that we can bring in, right? Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. So thanks for, for cl clarifying that, Johannes. And um, another maybe misunderstanding, because we use sometimes now the words, we are consulting customers here and there, but just to be crystal clear, it's especially customer for advisory. Our, it's, it's customer advisory for our external listeners. So we are part of the customer advisory team. So we are part of the SAP customer. sales organization of the, of the customer advisory. So we are not the consulting guys. So um, can we say that in that very crystal clear statement, our service is free of charge, Johannes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I mean, in the end, uh, uh, we, we can only go to a certain level of detail. Uh, but I think at least at all engagements that I was involved with, it was a mutual agreement how far we should go. Of course, you can go to the bits and bytes and You know, work uh, um, uh, um, over many years with the customer. That's also possible, but it's a, it's a joint agreement how far the engagement looks like. But look, that's our own transformation we go through. We want to become a cloud company, yeah. and in order, I mean, it has the it, it says cloud service, right? Service is a something that you have to design. Yes, there will be standard things in that service catalog. However, um, we have to define how that 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 overall looks like. And I think our team is somewhat also the answer of SAP's internal transformation because consulting, sales, uh, operations, it all in a cloud world comes really, really close together. And, and I'm happy that, that we as a team are in the forefront of, of designing this and, and learning. And it's all about learning, learning how you could um, yeah, design the future also for SAP and not only for our customers. Yeah, nice closing words, Johannes. Nice Thanks, closing man. words. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for joining this episode today. It was very interesting. And just Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, thank you. Um, where can you be reached, Johannes? LinkedIn is the best. 
Yeah, I think so. LinkedIn, um, uh, feel free to to message me and, and and get into discussion how we can help. Looking forward to. Perfect. And since we are in the same team, you can also message me, of course, just to to load balance the workload a bit. Yeah, so. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for taking care of me, Dion. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you also take care about me. So, Johannes, thanks for joining this episode. Um, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.